welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we traipse through the graveyard of Mama Disney, searching for lost ancient tomes of times long ago. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. I'm Kevin. Bum, bum, bum. Previously on Forever Canon, Han can't phone a friend. Wedge gets friend napped. The GA fleet arrives in Karelia, and Han and Leia deliver a warning of facts to the Prime Minister. The good doctor returns from vacation to Centerpoint. Jason and Ben, Team Minoc, stow away on the hull. But that was last week. This week, Chapter 9, Coronet Karelia. Team Pur- Pur- Purella? Pur- Purella? Team Purella, <laughs> waiting for Prime Minister Adel Saxon's convoy. They're going to capture her. So, this is picking up where we left off with the Jedi team being dropped off on the surface of Corellia yeah. in the capital of Coronet, outside of the Prime Minister's office. Jaina and ooh, Zek and Kalir and Than, the four Jedi sent to capture the, pri- the Prime Minister, apparently. And here's, here's something I noticed across these chapters. The Jedi are quite confident in their ability to get things done. Yeah, they, they 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 like to send small teams to do pretty big jobs, and we'll as we'll see here very quickly things. They're they, I don't know why they're so confident, other than things like this. We start off right away. The convoy shows up. Jaina, badass, jumps on one speeder, lightsabers through the engine. Then she just flattens out and slices open the belly of another speeder as it goes yeah. overhead. Like, oh, I'm about to die. She's literally like, oh, this thing's trying to knock me off or kill me, one or the other. She's like, hit the deck, wham, shoom, lightsaber. Lay down, lightsaber, done. Through the ship, and the ship explodes into smoke. Okay, confidence. Confidence boost. All right, yeah. fair enough. Then we get more badassery from Zach. He cuts into the Prime Minister's speeder. He finds it, uh-oh, full of droids. There's no Prime Minister in there. Actually, I think it's only got the one protocol droid. Mm, no, it's got like four droids. It, yeah, it's got more than. I thought I only had to set it had the one. It's, nah, bro, yeah. you crazy. No, it's yeah, got I a am. couple of droids, and it's got the PM, the Prime Minister droid, wearing yeah. like an outfit. Yeah, yeah. It's got like a fake astromech, or not a fake, an astromech in the front with like I a wig just on. Just said it had the pilot, yeah. and uh... nah, you crazy, bro. Several droids, but more importantly, a bomb. Yeah, he narrowly escapes being blown to smithereens. And the way that they leave that scene off seems like he's going to be fine. Just he's falling through the air now. Yeah. Next, more badassery Jedi-ness. Kalir, the Bothan, our furry little friend Jedi. Hmm. She two. sees... Yeah. Two she, droids. She feels Zek falling two, out of the two, air. Two droids. Two droids. Two I told droids. you. More just, than one. Yeah. So That's what I said. Just in case there's you There's one in the back know. and then there's one piloting. Mm. That's it. Two droids. You want me to run this tape back? Because you said one. <laughs> one in the back. There's one, one pilot. As ah, we said. Equivocations now. There's a furry little Jedi doing something cooler than arguing about one and two. She feels Zek fa- get blown up. She sees him falling through the sky. He's on fire, which is not that didn't get described in Zek's scene. I guess because it's from his point of view. Well, yeah. what happened was they it kind of made it sound like he jumps off the speeder. Right. He cuts a hole in the bottom of it or in the side of it or whatever. He pokes his head in and he's like kind of like leaning half of his body up into the hole, right? Well, it's actually, it's inverted. So he's on the roof of it kind of upside down looking into this thing. Right. And then he sees a blink, blink, blink and a beep, beep, beep and And he he makes a jump. Yep. He gets mostly blown up. Kalir focuses all of her attention and force power on catching Zek as he's falling through the air. Of course, this means she loses track of her own surroundings, and she takes a nasty crash. It actually goes into a pretty good job of explaining her the force power that she's using. Yeah. Uh, it says she raised her hand, an instinctive gesture, and exerted herself through the motion, feeling the force well from her, feeling it intermixed with, unique, with the unique set of sensations and memories and textures mm-hmm. that were Zach. Yeah. So, like, that's pretty descriptive. I like that first part, too, where they're like, she just reached out with her hand instinctively, even though she didn't. She, you don't have to do that you don't to have use the to. force, but yeah. everybody does. It's like a mental focus. Yeah, you know, like it just makes it easier to do for some reason. Yeah, but it does actually still explain how limited she is. That she can only focus on kind of one thing like that at a time. Yeah. So by 
dropping focus on her, like holding on to the vehicle, like Dodging. to maintain her footing. Yeah. She she drops that to kind of hold on to Zek, so he doesn't like just fall all the way to the ground. Yeah. So she can kind of cushion him. But then because she's focusing on Zek, when her the speeder she's on gets into an act like an accident, she just gets flung. Across, like exactly she loses track of what's happening around her and yeah she gets smashed into a crashed speeder that her speeder crashes into but then Jaina picks it up right where she left off she she lowers zach the rest of the way down to the ground before being confronted by yvh droids some, some, yeah some yvh that climbed out of the speeder yes, that she droids. had been accosting Yuzhan Vong Hunter Droids. Super deadly for use against those super deadly enemies. And Jaina sums it up as soon as she sees them with the, the words, We are in trouble. Yeah. And then we get Than, our fouling Jedi. Our fourth and final Jedi to do something. Has a close encounter with two YVH droids of his own. He manages to throw them into each other with the Force. Why didn't Jaina? That question will be answered. I noticed in my notes as we go. But at the time, I was like, why Why is she just saying we're in trouble instead of instinctively putting her hand out even though she doesn't need to and pushing droids away from where she is? Yeah. yeah. What, what does the Falling do? Well, his tactical side takes over and he realizes uh, they're screwed. GTFO. He decides yeah. to fall back. He People reports. need to know. Yeah, he makes yeah. his report back to his superiors, back to command. And... Uh, he decides to regroup is the best option. Cut to outer space. The Dodana. We got a new character. Lisa Dunter. Kevin, would you like to say that for us? Lisa? Lisa or Lisa Dunter. This is going to be my, like I said, one of my favorite things. Because there's no way to agree on this. It's all made up. Yeah. So who cares? Call them whatever you want. Just... Don't say it out loud or your friends will make fun of you. So. Yeah. It's a good tip Jason, for anyone who's Lisa listening. Dunter. So lame. <laughs> Let's get a visual description of Lisa Dunter. A pretty blue-eyed young woman with dark blonde hair. She never lacked for attention, but got slightly more when she kept her hair in a short cut with bangs. But if she didn't sweep her hair back absolutely correctly in the split second before donning her flight helmet, her bangs would drift down again and hover at the top of her peripheral vision. As they did now. So, really quickly, sums her up. She's pretty, but she's more worried about doing her job. Yeah. Although, but you think she's worried about doing her job, so she would fix it so she could do her job better. But in the next one, she's actually afraid she's her commander will mock her for it. Yeah, for she's fixing new. Her hair. She's new, and she doesn't want to get made fun of. For, yeah. For, well, how fidgeting with her does hair. it say how new she is? It does later. They say it, okay. she just joined about six months ago. Okay, because um, they do mention her her wingman mm-hmm. has been with the thing about a, I think they said about a Over year, a year, a year yeah, longer. Yeah, yeah, and he seems newer than her. Well, what she's doing here is she's waiting in her cockpit. She's on the verge of her first combat launch, so yeah. she hasn't seen any combat. Although, I mean, she, I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's work to be done around the galaxy. Like, I'm sure there's combat yeah, happening, right? But, I mean, with the sheer number of pilots, doesn't mean... That's kind of like peacetime yeah. military, so this is her first combat. It's probably not her first, like, major training. Right. But this is, but yeah, this is, this real. is nuts. This is different. This is real. Yeah, because she's all twitchy, bouncing her leg up and down in the cockpit yeah. and everything. She's with the V-Squad, B-7. She calls in, two green, weapons lit. <laughs> yeah. That pilot talk's always so funny to me. I don't know. What like what? <laughs> Honestly, the thing about your two it, though, engine lights are good and your weapons are, are on. Is that what that means? When when a whole squadron is going to report in, I feel like I would want to be one of the first couple people to report in because then somebody else has to think of something to say that you didn't already say. Right. Well, that's maybe that's <laughs> like, why they get dumber as you go. Like, like by the time you get to seven, you're like, uh, two green, weapons lit. Yeah. Weapons lit as because you, you know somewhere in the squadron. They're like, all right, I got my thing. I got my thing. I want to say locked and loaded. Yeah. Oh, I can't and then, wait. like, four <laughs> pilots B4. earlier, they go, I'm locked and loaded. And you're like, oh, oh shit. Got to think of something Ramble. else. What do I do now? Cock and lock. Locked and stocked. Last guy's just like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm here too. Roger, roger. Sorry, that's different pilots. But Lisa's sitting in her cockpit. 
She's jealous that the Jedi get to be the first off Dodonna. This lady is wired for a fight. It might be her first combat mission, but she seems ready. Uh, not just the Jedi. The Jedi and a shuttle. Yeah, the Jedi and a shuttle. And a shuttle. She's in an interceptor going into combat. She's got to take off after a shuttle. That's got to sting a little bit. Is that, is that like is that like a slight in pilot land? Probably a little bit. Well, she doesn't seem to like it, but she remembers some of her father's advice. Who's her father? <gasps> we don't know yet. I don't know. They don't tell you. But her father's advice is really good. All through your flying life, you may have to face the fact that pilots who use the Force will be able to react more quickly and more accurately. Get the better starfighters, get the greater fame. But those of us who can't use the Force? Well, when we manage to make it to the top of our profession, we can look the Jedi in the eye and remind ourselves that we got there without any crutches. So her father sounds like an accomplished pilot. Like and, a badass pilot. And we can surmise, not a force user. Uh, also, not a force user. That is a great surmisation. <laughs> is that a thing? Okay. It sounds like a word. But I, th- I thought that was interesting. Like, through a different character's perspective, they take a moment to build up. Again, like, oh, how accomplished and able the Jedi are. Yeah. Like, hey, oh, even us best pilots, the best we can hope for is to look them in the eye and, and be met as equal. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, you know, they they get talked up into a different class of everything. Yeah. And they're not just saying like all Jedi pilots. There's like probably like an average Jedi pilot mm-hmm. who or even a Jedi pilot who's just kind of like, yeah, you're all right. By Jedi standards would be like supreme level like regular yeah, muggle <laughs> muggles. <laughs> muggles once again as we said last week uh, i never saw planet of the apes i've never really seen the harry potters i've never read any harry potter so feel free to light me up in the email forever canon podcast at gmail.com sorry if you hate my guts but now we cut to admiral klauskin on the bridge of the dodana we're not in the uh the launch bay anymore Dozens of capital ships flying in formation. Capital ships. Big ol' ships. They're flexing their GA muscle to show Corellia what's up. And just as he decides, Corellia must be soft. They haven't launched any any countermeasures. It's been four and a half minutes we've been here. They must be soft. Psych! Hundreds. Hundreds of ships get the drop on the GA fleet, trapping them in the Corellian system. Trapping them in between the planet and a safe jump point because as we all know a planet's gravity well restricts your ability to jump to hyperspace hello don't you know that it's almost as if they knew the ga was coming like they had a warning weird i like that uh admiral klauskin instead of being like oh crap or going straight into like an analytical okay that's what they did this is what i need to do he goes oh they all have green lights. Yeah. Why didn't I think of oh, that? It's they, like, dude. They look like a real team. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. Do something. <laughs> yeah. No, he's dithering. He cannot make a decision. No. Their yeah. original objective was shock and awe. They're trying to knock the Karelians in a line with a big show of force. Five minutes in, Admiral Klauskin's fleet has failed. Yeah. Yep. Five minutes. Failed. Yeah. So now instead of doing shock and awe they're shocked and uh, <laughs> uh wow that was a, wow i love that kevin <laughs> it was so good i had to say it along <laughs> with you <laughs> okay uh jana failed klauskin failed uh tauntaun failed we don't know that yet sorry who else has had their mission compromised the stakes are rising cut back to lisa and v squad now they are, uh, they've shifted from just running patrol maneuvers to actively protecting the Dodonna from the Karelian fleet. They are running now their starfighters in between the big ship and the other fleet. Running a screen. She has a good question that she asks here. Leader 7, Lisa said. Sir, doesn't their just being here constitute aggressive action? They're probably asking the same thing about us, 7. And the answer to both questions... Is yes. I thought that was actually quite insightful. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Stating the obvious. Yeah. But. Yeah. Very insightful. But they're. Yeah. They're both. They're both doing the wrong thing. They have been for a, some time. Karelia has. 
Karelia has obviously been amassing this fleet behind the government's back. And the government jumped in here with the big old flex muscles trying to trying to put them down when they shouldn't be doing such a thing. Yeah. Suddenly, there is a lot of blame to go around. As there usually is in these kind of conflicts. Yeah, that's absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Everybody is usually to blame, and we're seeing that. We're seeing that play out. Chapter 10, center point. Finally back to Jason and Ben. That's my first note there. Heading to the, na- the, the new... Heading to the new control center at the heart of Centerpoint Station. What they said was that they were trying to restore Centerpoint Station. All of a sudden, communications went quiet from there. A whole bunch of scientists went in there, and they were bringing equipment in and out. And so what they could figure was that this is where... This is the new place where they were bringing all the equipment. This must be the control center. Jason is in... Is he... He is he on like a a a, a minecart roller coaster? It kind of sounded like he was on like right? an open like a, a train car yeah. that was like filled with just random items with, with no like roof over on it. it. Yeah, he's, he's just like, hiding under a tarp. He's in on a, a mi- truck. he's in a space minecart roller coaster ride. Absolutely, a hundred percent. Cars are the cars are linked together on a track, twisting around a giant sphere. First of all, I hate roller coasters. Okay, no, thank you. I thought <laughs> missing out. All this time, I thought I could be Jason Solo. Nope, I would have quit right there. I would have said no. <laughs> I once, once went on top top thrill dragster at Cedar Point. Never again. <laughs> never again. That one just goes 160 kilometers an hour up to a straight point and then directly back down. I want to talk about blasting off into space on a repulsor lift roller coaster that's what the hell that was <laughs> anyways i don't like roller coasters no thank you i'm not jedi material this podcast is over dream is dead just kidding jason though <laughs> is not afraid he jumps from the train to a hatch that should be unlocked but isn't oh no here's a pun derailed <laughs> Uh, he, of course, just cuts the door open with his lightsaber because why? Now, he? he has a security code that will unlock that door. That's true. But he doesn't want it to potentially give away their contact on the inside. So instead, Dr. Saya. he's going to risk getting caught by sticking around this door for too long. To save the non-combatants, yeah. Yeah. as you will. Well, although the man himself said he was a spy and a, a scientist. And yeah, a spy. yeah, but he's protecting a resource, yeah. oh, so I know. to speak. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's, it's either that, is this is this Jason's, like, kind of protecting him because he needs they, they'll need him later for from a tactical point of view, or he yeah. just doesn't want some right. guy how, getting hurt? How analytical is he being about yeah. this? But I would say probably right now, probably pretty both, like a little of both. Yeah. So he cuts his way through the first hatch. On the way to the second hatch, bing, bong, boom, this one's open. Lucky. Until he walks through it and it slams shut and locks behind him. Oh, snap. And Jason, of course, finds himself looking up at a catwalk that has his cousin, Thrakensal Solo, and a dozen armored guards blocking his only exit. I thought the the, the description of Thrakensal Solo I'm just going to gloss over because they say essentially he looks like exactly like Han Solo. With yeah. a beard. Near yeah. double. It, it, yeah, he's, yeah. Got, what they he's said. just basically picture Han Solo. I think he's a little what lean, Jason said. Sorry. A but, little leaner yeah. and a beard. Yeah. It's That's from it. from the perspective of his own son, he's like, Wow, that looks like my dad. Yeah. I mean, it's his what his his half cousin or something like it's that. It's Han's cousin or second cousin or something. So Right. So Sal Solo says I pretty much guessed the GA figured out that we got Centerpoint almost ready. So I came here to stop you. I figured they'd send Jedis because uh, why wouldn't they? So I came here to thwart your plans, son. He's like, I don't. He's like, you know, I, I don't really blame the GA for jumping here at that point. At the point that they figure out Centerpoint Station, this horrible, dangerous weapon is about to be operational. He's like, I don't blame them. I don't blame them for coming. I'm and, not mad. And like you said at the beginning, Jason says right here, um, because Thragon says to prepare for against any strike teams, commandos, even Jedi. Jason shows that. Jason, I know. 
Jason uh, shows the cockiness again of yeah. the Jedi, yeah. saying, "You can't prepare for Jedi." Yeah, and and he's like, "Hey, would you like to get out of my way because it'll yeah. be a lot so, less severed limbs yeah. or heads, a little less." Also, Thraken specifically says, "I must admit to being offended." For the target, for a target as important as Centerpoint Station, right. shouldn't they have sent Luke Skywalker? He goes, mm-hmm. "Like, are you stronger than Luke?" He actually asked him that. Well, and wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be the way it goes? Like, if you're fami- so much more familiar with a person, you're more likely to underestimate them. Like, he probably thinks mm. he knows everything about Jason Solo, so he puts on this motorcycle helmet, like a flight helmet. And uh, they decide to roll up these little weird head-missing droids and blast him with a wicked sonic weapon. He yeah. drops his lightsaber and he goes down in convulsions. Seems like a good way to handle the Jedi. Then we cut Most to... Jedi. Yeah. As, uh, and that probably would have worked on Luke Skywalker. But as just uh, says, they're just educated in different directions. Oh, yeah. So because Jusen again, he's special, right? Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. not necessarily more powerful than Luke Skywalker. He just knows things Luke doesn't. Yeah. And Luke obviously is way more advanced with the Force at this point, but Jusen has specialized skills yeah. with the Force, and that's where I it's, have a very it's particular really set of out. skills. If... Yeah. He's basically wait a minute. Liam Neeson's already kind of part of wait Star Wars. Well, he's channeling, and he did have a very particular set of skills. Qui Gon Jinn big time here but we cut to second half of team minoc ben outside of that locked door right on the other side of the locked door he feet he hears footsteps he runs all the way back down the hall to the giant empty roller coaster shaft and he decides he's just gonna hang one-handed off the ledge and hide and spy okay kid sure thing how old is he 13 13 yep okay just gonna Okay, but what is he worried about? Nothing. He spies, all right. He spies. He loves the spy business, and he spies Corsac officers, and, you guessed it, YVH droid. Immense firepower and combat programming. That's what Ben has to say about the YVH droids. Yeah. They are really pumping these droids up as being super killing machines, and, uh, well, they are. They kind of are. They, uh, he, he notices the droids have a weird pack attached to them, and the officer gives the order to the droids to essentially, their plan is blow up any Jedi that they see with a bomb that's attached to the droids. Just send the droid in kamikaze, and they're going to fall back in a line and f- open fire. Yeah. Out of all the resources that the Krillians have, the YVH droids are going to probably be the only thing they have that can get close enough to a Jedi Definitely. and stay close enough to the Jedi but it's such, to detonate It's that. just such a desperate tactic. Yeah. How like expensive. That's how desperate Thrak and Sal Solo yeah. is to not lose this project. It's And it's not like a capture. It's a shoot to kill. Both the, the trap on the planet and, so, and this one. And so he thought he was going to be blowing up Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Or like, hey, buddy. But have like a better a, plan. A higher level Jedi Master is what he's expecting. Yeah, not his 30-year-old nephew. Not, not, a, not nephew, like a Jedi cousin. Knight. Ben then decides, I'm done spying. They're going to try to blow me up. So what does he do? He lets go. He slides 40 meters down the side of this roller coaster shaft. And he thinks they're borked. Borked. Ben says. Borked or lubed? Ben thinks. Yeah, I think lubed is one. good. They're not lubed. Yeah, they're borked. Ben thinks uh, he was on his own now. He had to try to complete the mission by himself. He just abandoned his teacher, his cousin. A sort of numbness tried to creep its way into his thoughts. He shook it off and ran back toward the hatch to the repulsor train tunnel. So, a little bit of that responsibility and duty of the mission weighing on Ben's mind, knowing, realizing that that's not just his mission partner in there, that's his cousin. Yeah. And it's his teacher, and it's his best friend, really. Heavy, heavy stakes ben is is able to move along and leave his cousin behind because earlier in the chapter it it goes through the like the jason's mission briefing yeah for ben yeah and says practice stealth techniques and make no effort to contact me if i'm disabled defeated or any way hurt 
leave me and continue on. Which at the time reading it, you just think that's your standard mission statement, right? But yeah. Of course, <clears throat> of course it comes up. Well, you'd really have to enforce that more with probably your young cousin than like if Jasen had had any other Padawan in the order, right? Yeah. Yep, definitely. So it's that attachment, yeah. the yeah. attachment that the old Jedi order never wanted. Attachment and is it, forbidden. And it comes up a lot. Well, not anymore. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if you noticed. The Grand Master has a son and yeah. a wife. But now we cut to... They're both badass, too. Yeah. Now we cut to Coronet on Corellia. Back to Team Perella. Purella. Purella. I keep thinking of hand sanitizer. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's, it's, not good. it's not a good name. Jane is standing over Zach's un- unconscious body. Back to our question. Why no force push? She's busy. She's busy. She's deflecting attacks from four laser machine gun wielding murder bots. Four at a time. She's a little busy. She can't really gather herself or her thoughts to collect her force powers and use them. Okay, fine. All right. I asked a question. I got an answer. That's fair enough. Her brother could do it. He probably could. He's probably strong. Yeah. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure He's it out. Just differently educated. But thankfully, yes. yeah. Yes, alternative education is the key to power. <laughs> Thankfully, our furry little Bothan friend Collier shows up and she uses her little blue lightsaber to take off one of the YVH droids' heads. Turns out they're not so strong if you cut their heads off. Jaina, on Wait, the other hand, okay. When, when did this turn into Shaun of the Dead? Um, right when I, right there. Okay. <laughs> right when she did that. <laughs> but for the head. If they if they get holed up in the tavern, then I'll be <laughs> then I'll be, be really hilarious. concerned. Although I'm pretty sure they're called cantinas in Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, they get holed up in the cantina and the stormtroopers kick the door anyway. <laughs> Anyways, it's just the break Jaina needs to pull a cargo carrier out of the sky, of course, onto the two two of the other YVH droids. She, she runs over to the crater, knowing she's going to have to finish him off. Turns out, nope, she smashed a hole in the street all the way into the sewer. One of the droids jumps out. What does she do? Cut it in half. No problem. Cut this fool in half with her lightsaber. Oh, that's not done. She needs to still cut it up, cut it cut into its chest, cut, try to cut its head off, cut its gun apart, because it's still going to try and kill her, even if it's just the top half. Droids are scary. <laughs> yes, they are. Like, Terminator much? You were correct when you said murder bots. Murder bots. Yeah. Specifically these droids. And too. so again, this is this is again an allusion to how much of a threat the Yuzhan Vong were. Where these droids were specifically designed to defeat this specific threat. Now, after the threat is gone, they're employed to whatever use. But uh, this is how strong they had to make their murder bots to try to take down these, these Yuzhan Vong. To give you an idea, it says they were designed to match the fearsome alien war- alien warriors mm-hmm. in deadliness and determination. Not beat them, match them. Right. So they couldn't program them good enough to beat them. No, that, that just shows you how kind of like superhuman them. they were. Yeah. That we can't build Lit- something to literally beat in them. a way because they come from outside of the galaxy. But Whoa. we'll get to the Yuzhan Vong uh, in in a lot of books <laughs> from now. But. Collier takes another swipe. Another head comes off. Jaina pulls another cargo carrier out of the air to smash the last one. Pretty uh, pretty careful about collateral damage, eh? Just smash a hole in the street. Oh, no, I smashed a hole in the street. I'm going to do the same thing again. I'm going to pull another cargo carrier out of This one is full of heavy duracrete, which, of course, is space cement. Has anyone tried spinning? I've heard that's a good trick. Um, The Jedi don't. <laughs> All they do, apparently is pull cars out of the air and smash them into their enemies. Zack, still unconscious. Wow. Useless. Jaina, for a third time, pulls the cargo carrier move. That first one, that smashed a hole in the ground and started getting away. She said, nope. Get back here. I'm going to smash this again. Now, these are unmanned vehicles with just cargo in them. Fine. Yeah. Fine. But... You're still smashing all kind. Anyways, that's that's causing a lot of uh, infrastructure. This damage is here. gonna you're gonna get yourself into a into a civil war situation here. You're gonna get Cap versus Tony, and it's gonna be a problem. You sign the accords. Don't <laughs> sign the accords. Fight to the death. We're best friends. Anyways, <laughs> she does it a third time. Yes. Is this just lazy writing? Yes. Yeah. But because I thought twice was all right. And then the third time, I was just like, come on. Okay, Justin, if 
you had force powers, and you were confronted with murder bots. Several yeah. murder That's bots. A tough question. And you could basically pull unmanned airplanes out of the sky and land on them. Would you do that, or just give it a force push? I don't know, but if I, I was mean, a Jedi, I'd make with, it rain. If I was a Jedi with thirty years of experience, I might have a little more creativity to do something different once because it's not even fully effective she still has to finish them off after she smashes a car into them but yeah. the real question is like from a writing perspective does that take away from like the potential of this scene where instead of doing three consecutively increasingly interesting things you just do the same thing three times yeah. like this is a big showdown conflict where they're here on a mission to kidnap somebody and it's gone all wrong and they have to fight their way out and you just like just like smash a car in three bang, times. I don't know. Bang. It's kind. Of, it's just kind of. It, the it second one like was funny. <laughs> Maybe if it's like, is it like the rule? Is it gonna be the rule of comedy? Like if they did it seventeen times, would it be hysterical? Because like two was all right, three is dumb. But if you just keep going, if you ride that dog into the ground, don't if ride it, dogs. Uh, if it was Don't against, like, B1 battle droids, oh, yeah. Use right. the same trick all day long. Right. But against a droid this advanced, it should be able to, like, think and adapt. It, so it just, that just it, seems a little ridiculous. It just, seemed, it just seemed foolish. But now we get Than. The droids have been destroyed. It's time to find a way off the planet. And Than, the Falleen, gets to use his special alien magic powers that we have alluded to last time. Than, the Falleen, had tremendous control over emission of pheromones, chemical cues that dictated many types of emotional response, chiefly affecting members of the opposite sex. Than was using both the Force and his pheromonal powers to attract, confuse, and overwhelm someone in the oncoming traffic lane, probably also using the Force to make his card look like something of local significance. Anyways... The point he, being, yeah. He pulls out, like, his Costco membership card. Well, like, yeah. I think, Jaina said, I think Jaina said it was it was actually his Jedi ID. But yeah. It but happens to look like corset security. But it's not, general like, police legit from badge. this planet yeah. type of a deal. Yeah, but... He, so he's using his special sexy smell powers and the Force in conjunction with each other. And I find that really interesting because... Of all the aliens you see in the prequels who are Jedi, not, obviously, in the originals... But of all the aliens you see in the prequels who are Jedi, their alienness doesn't seem to affect the way that they Jedi at all. You know, yeah. Plo Koon has to wear a mask, but that's an atmosphere, unbreathable atmosphere thing. Kit Fisto could probably Jedi some shit underwater because he's a Nautilin. But, like, the rest of them are just kind of just Jedi still, uh, you know? Yeah, nothing, know. nothing but here, but here, special. Yeah, here you get a taste of... Which is, I don't know, is it like a world-building flavor-building kind of thing where you get a taste of an alien using his alienness? I think the the, only, the difference is, in a movie, you have two hours to tell a whole storyline, so you have to cut out so much crap. You're not wrong. That's a good But point. in a book, you can expand for like an hour. For like nine on, books. On what's the <laughs> yeah. breeze like. That's the other thing. Okay, just a general <laughs> note. We're getting off track here. We'll get back. But just a general note about like this book series. Nine books... For a book series of rotating authors to be like, a, like a comeback back into the uh, into the literary pool, which what which is what these were because the Yuzhan Vong series was a smash at first and then it tailed off way at the end and then the Killick trilogy was not a big seller, but then these blew up. Yeah. So, well, plus they hadn't done anything in the timeline this far away from the movies. Like they had done, yeah, like Darth true. Bane. Most and... of the stuff was set largely around the movies, and well, then they and yeah. then they expended out earlier. Yeah, but they hadn't done anything they... for many right. years yeah. after Return of the Jedi, or even close to where these mm -hmm. are in the timeline. That's true. I just thought it's so interesting to just take an idea and spread it out over nine books of like what are these four hundred and whatever pages? Like yeah. Just, I'm just gonna throw. I'm gonna throw three thousand, thirty five hundred pages worth of writing at this idea, and and it works. Hey, spoiler alert! It's good. It's good. Anyways, they commandeer a speeder. Than manages to sweet talk a lady. Commandeer a speeder, and they take off with Zach waking up in the back. Team Tauntaun hasn't reported. We get a breakdown of finally who Team Tauntaun is. 
Tahiri Vela. First of all, you may remember her from the New Jedi Order series. If you don't, don't worry. She More of her will be revealed as we go along, but I love her name. No, yeah. I think her name is great. Yeah, we beat the piss out of Wildest Jicklet last episode because that's <laughs> such a bad name. Tahiri Vela, that's a good name. Team Tauntaun, Tahiri Vela, Doran Tainer, not great. Tu Zax, oh, that's fine. They haven't um, reported in. The only thing Zach says, Than asks, "How's Zach?" And all you hear is Zach go, "Ow." Yeah, right. <laughs> And then Jane is like, he's fine. He, he's he's better now. She would Next know. Chapter. She can feel everything he feels. Yeah. Anyways, chapter 11. We start off above Corellia. We get a little taste of Luke and his Jedi squad. They are escorting the shuttle. The shuttle is going to be used for extraction of all the team members on the planet. So, seven Jedi. The shuttle is to pick up seven Jedi, and they're going to get them in, get them out. Even Luke is super cocky. He, he says... It's going to be a shame to ruin the landscape with burning starfighters. Like, he's like, oh, here comes... Corsac comes off, off planet to come and meet them and hail them and, and harass them about get out of here. And he says, wow, you ruined my day because I'm going to have to wreck your forest with your corpses. Little <laughs> confident. Jaina, earlier, let's get out of here before those guards have to die. Yeah. When they're waiting they're to commandeer a vehicle and the guards are pooling outside the... the prime minister's office like confident little jedis very cocky for having gotten everything wrong so far yeah still confident yep. sure yep 18 fighters not enough to threaten 10 jedi pilots sure sure jedi sure thing luke super confident well, i mean it, it, if the the very best non like regular human pilot can kind of stand toe-to-toe with an average jedi pilot mm-hmm what are the odds this is going to be 18 top Corellian pilots? Hey, what are the odds they're all in that one spot and not in the fleet? I'm just saying, right? Yeah. Even numbers so, I mean, don't matter to these Jedi. No, like 18 versus 10, I would say, yeah, probably. Like, you might lose a Jedi R2, maybe. Well, surprise! Anti-spacecraft attack from the ground. Yeah. Takes out the shuttle. Bing, bang, boom. Another mission immediately failed. Remind me of something Luke said in the last jedi and i say this all the time this is not going to go the way you think it is <laughs> he, he's like not that wise yet yeah, everything not yet but he everything only says that this, because of how this book series turns out <laughs> every everything is is wrong everything has gone wrong so far cut back to on the dodana Klauskin's got a plan. What's his plan? Uh, slow down so I can think. That's yeah, his plan. Yeah. He tells the fleet, slow down. I yeah, gotta, just, ooh, just I gotta slow think. it up. Slow down. I am not a good admiral. I am not good at thinking on my feet. The only thing he knows is that he needs to embarrass or intimidate the Karelians. I'm sure he'll think of something. I'm yeah. sure he'll be fine. Give him time. He'll, he'll get it's it. Fine. He'll get there. Cut to Karelian fighters playing chicken with Lysa and V-Squad. I know. I threw that just for you. You like that? Lysa. No likey. <laughs> she doesn't. She's not into this game of playing chicken. I mean, everybody in the squad knows what's going to happen. They have a squad of fighters coming at them. They are a squad of fighters moving at another squad of fighters. If this squad of fighters doesn't move out of the way of the other squad of fighters, then this squad of fighters is going to crash into this other squad of fighters. And everyone dies. And it <laughs> will be bad no matter what happens from that point. Cut to... Coronet. Back to our Jedi team, Pirella. Than is on the phone while driving the speeder. Illegal! Arrest <laughs> that man. Finally, Team Tauntaun reports in. Team Tauntaun was ambushed the way we were, except that they got inside South Solo's mansion. They were attacked by troops and probots. Where are they now? They're stealing a speeder and will rendezvous with us. Now, this is where I thought this got weird. They're thinking of stealing some payroll credit chips or kidnapping a drama star so we won't come back empty-handed. I don't understand why. And then Jaina says, good. That, that might that, They might be joking at, amongst each other. Maybe, just... but it doesn't come off that way in the writing. Not no. to me, anyways. It, it, doesn't, it does seem like there's got to be something going on because what good would it do for the Jedi, who are basically funded by the federal government of the galaxy yeah 
to steal some money. Well, that's. I think it must be like they were sent obviously to get Sal Solo as a hostage. Yeah. And maybe like the they're like we got to get a hostage. I don't know. Seems I, well, they probably wanted to maybe take Sal Solo I, too weird. I think and Saxon to just cripple the government. Yeah. Not so much. Oh, just grab someone famous. If you can't grab him, just grab like someone know. from Days of Our Lives. Yeah, like you know. <laughs> Uh, which one? Uh, Just grab Harrison Ford. It's fine. <laughs> He's like, what, what am I going to do with this 30-year-old carpenter in my movie? Turn him into the biggest movie star in the world for the next 40 years. That's what. Cut to center point. Jason almost gets blasted to bits while suffering from the sonic weapon. He manages to get a hold of his lightsaber as smoke bombs fill the air. And then Jason talks about his special trick. What special trick is that, Justin? Well, he knew more about pain than his opponents realized. Why is that, Justin? At the height of the Yuzhan Vong War, he'd been a prisoner for months, subjected to their tortures and customs of self-inflicted agony. He had learned to function within their embrace of pain and other rituals that would break beings not accustomed to such hardships. A sudden infliction of pain could surprise him, surely, but it couldn't keep him down. I'm going to keep reading this because... I want to talk about this also. He let the pain flow through him as though it were the force. He internalized it, experiencing it as an old friend. Albeit an old friend he didn't necessarily want visiting too often. But he embraces the pain and feels it flow through him like the force. You know who else does that? Right. Bad guys, right? The Sith. I hear bad guys they do that. They feed off of that. Like, But here's the thing. He's not getting angry about it. No. But is he has like this stoic, almost passive aggressiveness about everything he does where he's like, listen, I'm not going to directly ruin your day, but if you get in my way, I'll I will cut your head off. Your day. Like, I'll yeah. cut your head off and I'll ruin you. And so this is just another one of those things where he's like fooling himself that he's doing the wrong thing the right way. Kind of like, yeah. I talk to my kids about stuff like that, <laughs> where you can do the right thing in the wrong way. And I think that's what's happening here. Yeah. He thinks that he is just em- embracing the pain to to get through it. But I think what he's really doing is, is like, is channeling. Yeah, he's part, feeding off of it. it. No. He's, he's taking the pain and it's almost like bolstering him, even though he's not. Yeah. The, a lot of people think, like, even though the Sith do feed off of, like, pain and suffering and anger and rage, they think because they do that, they turn into, like, mindless, raging barbarians. And they don't. No. If you read any books where they go into describing a Sith using the dark side and all these emotions to fuel themselves, yeah. they don't lose control. No, it's very They are very driven. calm and collected. Yeah. As mad as they are or as raging as they can be. They are super calm about it. It's it's really the, uh, awesome the majority of the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is so interesting that way where the dark side like seduces you with its passive passivity where the dark side isn't aggressively hunting you. The dark side is just extra power there and it offers itself under the guise of doing the right thing in the wrong way. Yeah. Where you can accomplish a, a, a means to an end, like a golden goal, a good thing, with just just touch the touch the badness, embrace the pain. That's yeah. what you can uh, get through and do what you need to do. That's what happened with uh, Anakin Skywalker. That is he turned to the dark side to do a good thing. He sacrificed his soul to protect the galaxy, to protect someone he loved. Not the galaxy. You're he right. he could have let the whole galaxy burn. What did I just say? I am sorry. Sorry, right. you are right. Sorry. Oh, these things happen. It's late. Okay. He manages to make his way up the catwalks and he reaches Thrak and Sal Solo, who informs Jason they are well prepared for him and he won't damage Centerpoint. But, Jason thinks, he didn't mention Ben. They must not know about Ben. So, and at this point, I was thinking, so Jason, even uh, as much as he told, okay, told Ben Mm -hmm. to leave me, finish it, doesn't matter. He's actually willing to die or be captured. Yeah. And now he's even thinking, like, oh, I could be a decoy while the yeah. kid gets the job yeah. done. Now, now Jacen's got to be, instead of, I have to beat this <laughs> so I can complete the mission. Yeah. Now he's, I have to drag out my part of this right now yeah. to be a distraction in the decoy so that no one notices Ben. Yep. And what does he do? 
He starts carving guards down as Thracken sells solo bales. And we cut to Coronet once again. But this time, it's Luke's Jedi squad again. One of the Luke's pilots was killed. Confident, confident, confident. A Rodian. Even Luke got a little bit damaged. Toily's son, yeah. They hit He's... Skywalker. Oh, remember? Damn. Remember how cocky he was? Yeah, remember when I said they might lose. And then too? the Krillian fighters close distance, and what does he do? Blows a couple of them out of the sky. And he has a moment of like ruefulness where he's like, those ships have no shields. Which must just take them right back to blowing up TIE fighters yeah. against the Empire. Like, they have such little value for their people that they don't even put shields on their ships. And that was one of the things that was, uh, was mentioned explicitly back when, chapter whatever the heck, when originally they were in the hangar before they were getting ready to go when they were just getting the ships ready, they mentioned they have TIE fighters with shields installed. The Imperial Remnant does. Yeah. And in this moment of ruefulness, he also reflects on how these Karelian pilots are probably no different from his friends, Han and Wedge and Corrin Horn we get name dropped. Who is Corrin Horn? I don't remember what video game he was from. Oh boy, he's a Jedi Master. Yeah. I really thought you were going to have this answer. No, he's a Jedi Master, but I don't remember what video game he's from. He might be from Jedi Academy. Or was that Kyle Katarn? I think Kyle Katarn was the other ones. What were the other ones with the Jedi name? Hmm. Doesn't matter. He's know. definitely from the PC games from the late 90s and early 2000s. Name dropped. Boom. He, Luke Skywalker, reflecting on how these people are his friends, also mentions that he bitterly regrets his oaths and binds to the Jedi Order and GA sometimes. That's pretty heavy coming from Grandmaster Luke. From the Grandmaster, yeah. From Mr. Cool Hand Luke, from Mr. Boss. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It shows too that as as strict as the Jedi are with their edicts and all that, mm-hmm. they still have the. He's got friends that are Karelian. Like as far as he knows. Well, that's back like, to the point. Like that's why the old Jedi Order said no attachments. Like yeah. you're not even supposed to have friends. Yeah. You're not even supposed to be friends with your fellow Jedi. They're just your coworkers. Well, I think you get could it, have get your job like done. friends. But like Yoda said, well, you better be ready to sacrifice them at a moment's notice. Not necessarily. It's like sacrifice (laughs) them. It's like, okay, you go. And it's like when they die, you have to not feel the, like the sadness. You got to try to do, you have to deal with that. You can't just, yeah, you have to be, you you have to turn your emotions off. Yeah. Yeah. You have to embrace the pain and move forward through it. You have to go go full sociopath. Yeah. That, well, that is the Jedi council pretty much. And I, with this, they're, blowing up these fighters it mentions like the the force connection between mara and luke yeah and how just completely they are in sync they're with so it. Close. i like that their, their connection is so close yeah she just anticipates his move in a starfighter copies him gets right under his wing when she needs to yeah yeah it probably helps that they're married well it probably just helps it's spending time together right same thing yeah. with jane and zach like yeah, they had like kind of, not not to use this term lightly, but a supernatural <laughs> intervention <laughs> where like they had something crazy happen to them that made their minds more linked, not just the force. But yeah, sp- spending time together makes Jedi's better Jedi partners, man. It's a big deal. Cut two above Karelia. Lisa and V Squad, game of chicken coming to a head. Is it V5? V5 gets uh, takes a takes a hit. They engage with the Starfighters. Lisa flips hers. She burns the thrusters. And she... Oh, what do you know? She accidentally kills somebody. Her first kill, just like Ben. Accidentally. Where... What did he do? He, he got the pilot to... What's that word? La- what's that word? Launch out of his... Eject. 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 Yes. Thank you. Emergency eject. Got all cut to death by the telephone wires. Well, she accidentally... She cooked him. Burns a hole in the ship <laughs> and cooks the man in space. Cooks him and then freezes him right away for, yeah. you know, storage purposes. She is not sure how she feels about it. And here we go. Reflects again on advice from her father. Her father must be a hell of a man. Save up your feelings for later. Save your feelings for home. That's it. Simple advice. Just like the Jedi, 
turn off your feelings until you are done fighting for your life. Which, in context, is not bad advice. Makes sense. I mean, you don't want to be all boohooing and crying when people are shooting at your shit. Stay focused on what you're doing. But it's just so, it's got to be so cold, right? That's Everything's got to be so cold. So they broke out. They're breaking out into a full-on dogfight now between those two squads. Chapter 12. Still on the Dodana. Fiav reports the engagement to Klauskin. His little Soliston aide? She is aide? Or his secretary? Or what is she? She just seems to just only be talking to him. Yeah, like his assistant? It was mentioned several, a little while ago. I know, I don't remember. I would say like his aide. What do you know though? He can't decide what to do. He just wants to lie down and talk to his wife, Adela. Adela. Whatever. Adela? Aw, so sweet. Psych! Fiaf says, your wife, she's been dead for four years. And then, a stroke of genius hits him. I know. A planetary assault on Trallis, the fifth planet in the Karelian system. Currently fifth. Apparently it rotates with the fourth. But that's his plan. I know. We'll go to a different planet and start blowing their stuff up. Blow up their cities. Blow up their spaceports. Blow up their ships. Let's go occupy a different planet because this plan's not working anymore. And what do you know? I think he's still able to save a little bit of face because it's still well, part of the Corellian system. But that's... But... That's... This guy is... He sucks. This guy sucks. Mm-hmm. He, he failed at his mission. He wasn't good at making decisions. And now his only plan is to make things worse. I mean... Dig in deeper. That's his plan. He didn't have any good options. No, that's but, true. But hey, I losing think, a little face is not the worst thing in the world. I think he Although didn't have none of the choices he could have made were would have been good. No, but he chose to do nothing instead, and I feel that for a worse. long time until yeah. he chose to do the worst thing. Yeah, yeah, which is engage my entire fleet in a completely different battle. Yeah. Why? He chose you already to save have, his own ass. You already have a whole fleet outnumbering you, a whole enemy outnumbering you. I'm going to fly a different direction and fight somebody else. Well, isn't that just going to get you fought on both sides and stretched too thin? Why don't we stay tuned and find out? Then the Falcon shows up. Boom. Right in the viewport of the Dodana. Wow. Whoa. Weird. What are the odds? Han and Leia pop in the middle of a military conflict to have a look around and take some hollow recordings. What? Yeah. That was the weirdest little vignette of all of them. Yeah, it was... They pop in and they have a nice little banter. Yeah, they, they, they talk back and forth and about, I, I just, where should I protect my wife? She even gives him a little look saying, what? Yeah, yeah. What do you mean protect me? But, and then they just, Han settles on, I'm going to fly over here because I want to record what's about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Pretty ballsy. Yeah. Just to see what's going on, how they're conducting their their shit. It's like, dude, you could have hung back a bit. But at the same time, he is Han Solo. You could also help either side. Yeah. I mean, maybe you're the pilot and your wife's the co-pilot and you don't want to get her hands dirty. Yeah. Based on her ties to the Jedi Order and uh, and the GA government as well. But like could do something i don't know anything your friend your best friend your brother-in-law is getting shot up on the planet so is your daughter your son's on center point station going mental getting caught getting shot do something no what does he do probably the same hollow recorder ben busted out he just presses it up right up to the windshield of the (laughs) millennium falcon i'm gonna take a video how do you work this dang thing old grandpa han solo Cut to center point. Ben decides being a sneaky spy. Yeah, he's on his own. And he decides being a sneaky spy is great, but slow. He decides to go undercover as a kid. He decides he's going to use his youth to play dumb, I'm assuming. He doesn't say it outright, but pretty cynical way of thinking for a 13-year-old. Where he realizes, like, oh... They're not looking for me. They don't know I'm a Jedi. I can just dress like a 13-year-old and they'll just think I'm a kid, right? Yeah, he takes off his Jedi stuff and his sneaky outfit. And this kid is t-shirt and shorts. quickly 
getting desensitized even just over 12 chapters. Yeah. Like, he's losing innocence a little bit at a time. He's here. thinking he's very tactically away. all the time. He's now. come a long way from, do you grease your beard? Yeah. Yeah. Do you grease your beard to, hmm, I'm going to drop down this shaft so I don't get blown up by droids, and then I'm a genius and pretend to be a 13-year-old. Because I am. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to act my age. Yeah. Not my shoe size. Yeah. Cut two. Back above Corellia in the dogfight with Lysa Lisa. Her wingmate all banged up. She dismisses her wingmate. And then she has a quick thought that, oh, I'm killing Corellians. Yeah. She must be Corellian. I don't, they haven't said anything, but they, yeah. she takes a moment to point out that she's killing Corellians. It's the same. It's the same thing that uh, Luke was talking about about protecting his homeworld and the friends yeah. and keeping the oath. It's the exact same conversation. Everybody's having the same thoughts reflected in their own mirror, like yeah. in their own uh, in their own way. She spots one X-wing flying off to the planet, leaving the leaving the dogfight, leaving the encounter. One X-wing, lone X-wing. Court martial. It's not just leaving the dogfight. It's heading away from. It left it's heading them from the fleet. That's going to the, the Corellian fleet. Well, it's going to the planet. which is weird, right? Because she didn't think the Corellians had any X wings. So she decides she's going to be badass. Let's hunt it down. She chases it down, firing shots, not hitting. Firing shots, not hitting. She's getting outmaneuvered every time she's about to get on target. Juke and jive, jink and schwink. The ship gets out of the way. She can't manage to get a shot on the target, and she is quite impressed by the pilot. So impressed that she overshoots it. She overshoots the pilot, and in her moment of vulnerability, she realizes, wait a minute, this fighter just got behind me and didn't open fire. What is going on? And then her calm goes off in her ship. It's the fighter. It's her dad. She says she recognizes the voice. It's her dad. You know, the one from all the advice all the way through all these chapters. Look at all my advice. I'm a great dad. She flips her ship over. She goes canopy to canopy to get a look in the eye of her dad. And it really is him. Her dad. Wedge Antilles. What? <laughs> <laughs> Did not plan that. That was excellent. She's really Sial Antilles. How do you guys want to say that? S-Y-A-L. Sial? Sial. 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 Hmm. Either way, yeah. Around she there somewhere. is part. Wedge's poorly named daughter. <laughs> they exchange a few words, and she's uh, and uh, she decides. Obviously, I'm going to let him go. I'm going to let him go to the planet. It's my dad. I'm not going to blow him up. They part ways, and she reflects on the legend of her dad all across her life, using a fake name to get into flight school because she didn't want to be compared to her dad. Flying different type of ship because she didn't want to fly the X-wings like her dad flew. Reflects on firing on her dad, being completely unable to hit him, completely outmaneuvered by him. And then another quick reflection. She's killing other Carillions. It pops into her head again. We're going to hammer that back home now that we know she's Wedge's daughter, Carillion hero, Wedge Antilles. But I, it, I like when she's talking about uh, the, like the, just the famousness of her dad and all that stuff. Yeah. And just hearing the stories about it. That she finally actually is in awe of him. Right. To finally see him in his glory. Yeah. Like, doing the thing that he is a legend for. It's like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this quote from Dave Grohl, where he's like, some some reporter asks him, what's it like to be a dad and a rock star? And he's like, my kids don't think I'm a rock star. They don't care. It's like, they don't give a fuck. Yeah. They They still yell at me to go get them a milkshake when they want a milkshake. They don't care that I'm a kid. Dave Grohl is a legend. Yeah. From Nirvana to Foo Fighters and everything else in between that he's played on. The guy's a legend, much like Wedge Antilles. His daughter doesn't appreciate it till she thinks she's a badass and then gets out badassed by her legend dad. She heads back into the fray with a final thought, which I thought summed up these chapters quite nicely. In just a few minutes, the universe had become an insane place these whole these four chapters seem to take place over the five six seven minutes yeah not very long 
Klauskin says four and a half minutes and they haven't thrown any fighters against us since we got here. And then, boom, there's the big fleet. And then not much longer after that, everything's already ruined. Yeah, it's and all the, happening at the same time. And the universe had become crazy. an insane place. This is a good set of four chapters to read. Now, two questions that I have. <clears throat> what did you guys think about that reveal of Lysa is Sial, 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 and she's Wedge's daughter. I thought that was way too fast. Uh, I thought it was good. Maybe because I just read all the chapters back to back to back to back. But I was like, they just introduced her at the be- at the beginning of this yeah. podcast at chapter nine. And then at the end of it, they're like, here's your big reveal. Could have played uh, that out a little longer. They could have, but now they're really starting to show with another character that it's split. It's not Divided just loyalty. It's yeah. not just yeah. Han now. You're now right. it's it's Han. It's Wedge's daughter. Wedge doesn't really have the conflict right now, well, but now he will. Because now he's kind of more pro Corellian now. But now right. his daughter is in the on GA the military. other side. Right. So she, now But she's a re- she's the reflection of the conflict for the people in the military. Han yeah. is the reflection, Han and Leia or Han is the reflection of the conflict for the common people, the Corellians. Leia is a reflection of the conflict for the Jedi and the government. Luke is a reflection of the Jedi, and, and obviously all the Jedi are. But their whole family is so entangled in all of this that even their friends' families are tangled up in it, right? Military family, heroes, and so on. Legends, obviously, yeah. can't be shot out of the sky. And I, I it, as far as literary terms go, it was really quick, like... It's like 30 pages. Right, because it's not even 30 full pages of her story. Yeah. It's like two par- three, four, five paragraphs of her cut to all the other vignettes yeah. and then cut back to her. And then, oh, yeah, there, watch my and dad. And then, bang, surprise. Yeah, so you get like four scenes with her, three or four scenes with her, and then the, the jig is up and the secret's out. Yeah. I don't think that this was meant to be like a big secret, I don't think big so reveal. No, yeah. I'm, just, yeah. I'm just curious if that was too quick or not, but I think we all kind of landed on, not really, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Because it did build, out. it does build that extra tension, and it gives you the reveal, without having to go through pages of how did Wedge get off the planet. He yeah. just did because he did. Look, he, you see, he got an X-wing. We saw, we saw how he got out of that cell, and he's fine. He's ready to roll. Yeah. But speaking of those vignettes, what did you guys think about that? I think that's what most, that's mostly what these books are. Is each chapter is just a collection of vignettes, a collection of short scenes with characters moving slightly forward yeah. in their timeline. Yeah, because there's... it's in you each, cycle through them. In each book, it's it's like there's five stories going on at the same time. Right. And, and we talked about that from the very along. beginning of the podcast, where this is going to be the last time... Spice Loaf was going to be the last time we see all these characters together because they're going to go on their crazy, yeah. tangled, winding paths and missions. But And almost every single person that was in that room is in a different spot now like maybe every, they're no, paired no, no. up they're every paired single up. person in that room is in the Carillion system now. yeah yeah and yeah in five different spots in the Carillion system <laughs> yeah but i think the the use of the vignettes is pretty cool man i like that it doesn't drag and it doesn't it doesn't make the story feel all chopped up either yeah well even though it is really this i think these four chapters they were all really small chunks small here yeah. small there small here small there but that really just emphasizes how fast everything's moving yeah, yeah. what you're right flashing now. to is is like the the well what you're cutting to is like the flash points the boiling points yeah of each scene instead of getting the build up or or the resolution after yeah you're just getting the flash point the hot point where something a ship hits a ship uh, a shuttle gets the shuttle gets shot down the bomb goes off and Zek gets lit on fire. Like, yeah, you're just literally, you're cutting through all the buildup and, and just getting right to the action of the scene. That's going to change the narrative. Yeah. Pretty, pretty freaking breakneck speed. for yeah. Only covering five minutes of time. <laughs> like yeah. so much happened in these four chapters. Every mission failed except so far for Jason and Ben. Their mission is still unresolved. Yeah. Yeah. 
They, they, they did have the trap laid for them that they weren't ready for, but other than that, they still seem to be on point. Mm. Or one, fairly. One thing we missed, but I think it was hilarious, it goes back to the, ad, the Admiral and why I don't like him. Um, <laughs> as, as soon as their, the shuttle got shot down, Luke immediately went, hey, radio up to the fleet, yeah. get Give us another shuttle. shuttle. If we absolutely have to, we will get all of our people out in the cargo holds of our fighters, which See, has got to how... be ridiculously, I read ridiculously that, uncomfortable. I read that differently. I read it like Luke Skywalker being genuine, where he's saying, if you can spare us a shuttle in the middle of all this madness, do it. If not, I don't want to... He doesn't want to put anybody in a in a see, bad position. See, that's fine. I agree with you on that. Right. But then... You can read it either way. But I'm then... Cu- right no, that, no, no, I agree with you yeah, on yeah. that. I'm 100% with you. Yeah. But then cut to the Admiral, and then they're yes. like, the Jedi need a shuttle. Yeah. Or they'll have to take them out in their cargo hold. He's yeah. like, oh, well, let's just let them do that then. He's like, Luke Skywalker sounds like he's got it under it's control. Like, I'm yeah. up here Dude, thinking about... Doing having nothing. Having a cuddle try, with my dead wife. Yeah. Try to send him a yeah, shuttle. Just, you know, do... Something. Make a single decision. Yeah. And... I like his little aide, Fiav. She must just be a lieutenant or something. Yeah. I feel like I'm being dismissive because I don't know her title. But <laughs> aide, it's it's she's listed as an aide. Oh, amazing! I nailed it. I'm such a genius. But she is such a good character. In counterpoint to him in those scenes where she just she has the exact amount of patience that she needs needs to have from a respect like a military respect point yeah but then she just starts breaking at the end where she's like are you gonna do something we need to make a decision are you gonna there's a lot of us that are gonna die are you gonna do something and he's just like no i love a ghost and then he went full monty python (laughs) run away yeah yeah yeah. But not too oh far, God. just I, to the edge of the woods. I don't remember voting for this admiral. Why did I say that like, like Deckard Kane? Anyways, will Team Minoc be successful on Centerpoint Station? Will Team Pirella ever escape Corellia? Will Team Tauntaun ever make a physical appearance? Will Team? Luke Skywalker. It's hard hard, <laughs> hard point. point hard point squadron. Will Luke and Hardpoint Squadron manage to extract all their fellow Jedi's? Find out this and more next time on Forever Canon when we cover chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16. Yes, I counted that out because I couldn't do that quick math in my head while I was talking. Catch you next week. Bye. See ya. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.